Salutations and welcome, dear friends, to Low Definition, a jocund yet cerebral tournament in which we delve the unfathomable idiosyncrasies of our perpetually metamorphosing vernacular. With poop jokes! <laughs> I was worried there for a second. I'm your host, Steve Lutz, but enough about me, let's meet our players. Gene McDonald was last with us just three episodes ago, which was, oh, Christmas 2018. <laughs> <laughs> but it feels like yesterday. Back so soon, Gene? It, it, it took me about a year to recuperate from that one. That's, that's about average, <laughs> I think, for most people. Uh, Kathy Campbell was here for our very last episode, an episode in which she claimed victory after mm, some number of attempts. <laughs> <laughs> I was as shocked as everyone else. <laughs> mm, yeah, so watch out, other players. She'll no doubt be defending her title with the vicious ruthlessness that is her personal brand. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good to have you back, Kathy. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Uh, next up is Allison Truge. Like Jean, she's returning for her second episode, which means she must have done something at some point she feels she needs to be punished for. I'm glad it's we can true. provide that for you, Truge. Yeah, I just wanted to know more, like, I, I just wanted to be the person that knows the poet-specific words, like Obad the last time. <laughs> that was a good one. That was almost tailor-made for you. That won't happen again. <laughs> Aw. Yeah. Uh, after a long absence, Anthony Johnston is here to lend some much-needed dignity to the proceedings, by which I mean he has an accent. Cheerio, Anthony. And poop jokes, apparently. And poop, <laughs> an accent and poop jokes. Uh, even poop jokes sound dignified with a British accent, though. We'll soon find out. Mm -hmm. <laughs> also joining us for the first time in forever is Erica Ensign. She's finally available to play again, as the last episode she was on from July of 2017 has just ended. Glad to have you back, Erica. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it hasn't just ended, ended. I caught like a good 15 and a half minute nap. <laughs> wow. Wow. Yep. All right. Uh, I would say welcome back to Brian Hamilton, but I'm pretty sure he lives here now. In fact, <laughs> I'm starting to suspect that he's actually the host, in which case, thank you for that warm welcome, Brian. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> I'm squatting after the party ended for like a week, and you're like, uh, Brian, please, can you leave? I need my cereal back. <laughs> yes. Also, stop squatting. Your thighs have got to be killing you. <laughs> They're real strong now. Brian's thighs <laughs> of steel. <laughs> All right, those players, by the way, were introduced in order of play as determined by random.org. Noodles, 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 steeped in water or dry with a seasoning packet sprinkled on top. We love noodles any which way. <laughs> random. That, that was pretty random. Uh, I'm sorry, it appears I've accidentally read the ad copy for ramen.org. Oh, well. <laughs> random.org. All right, so the game is low definition, and the rules go a little like this. Uh, in each round, I will give you a word. You will respond with a definition for that word. If you know the real definition, send me that. If you're right, you get three points. Way to go, smarty pants. If you don't know the real definition, don't feel bad. Just make up a fake one that sounds plausible. When I have all your answers, I'll randomize and read them. Then you'll each get a chance to guess which of them is the actual meaning of the word. You get two points for correctly sussing out the real definition, and you get one point for each player you fool with your fake definition. You get no points for including the term rough-hewn in your definition, but it feels <laughs> so good it's hard to resist. 
The game ends when somebody gets to 18 points or when we get right up to the brink of insanity and decide to put an end to our suffering. And speaking of suffering, you should know that if nobody gets the correct definition in a round, you must pay the host toll. Yes, each time you blow it, I get five points, which means if you do that four times, I win the game and your shame will be as deep as the sea. <laughs> so that's that. Who wants to play some low definition? Ooh, me, me, Let's me. Let's do it. I guess. Mm-hmm. I too am ready. <laughs> this is the most excited any players have ever been to play low definition. I'm very thrilled. Me, me, pick me, Steve, pick okay, me. Okay, okay, Brian, okay. <laughs> and I told you to stop squatting. Oh. All right. <laughs> So let's start with round one. And our word for round one is fuzzle. <laughs> fuzzle, that's F-U-Z-Z-L-E. Fuzzle. Please send me your definitions for the word fuzzle now. I don't even want to make a joke about the word because I'm afraid my joke might actually be <laughs> whatever the definition is. So I'm just like, hmm. That's the joy. I'm just going to sit here quietly, I think. (laughs) Oh, don't do that. It'll be a very boring show. (laughs) All right. All of the definitions are in for the round one word, which was fuzzle. I will read them now. Take note and decide which one is the real definition. Fuzzle. One. A device for removing the teeth of a camel. Two. To confuse. Three, idle gossip or chatter. Four, a type of condenser mute a musician puts on the end of a trumpet for a tampened soft effect. Five, a species of fir tree. Six, an irregularity in the phonics rules that confuses students of the English language. Or seven, to make drunk, semicolon, intoxicate. So those are the options for the word fuzzle. And the first to get to decide which of them is the real definition is Gene. Fuzzle me this, Gene. Yes, I am going to vote for the trumpet uh, accessory. Okay. Trumpets and trumpet accessories. Uh, Kathy, you're up next. I'm torn between the camel and a semicolon. <laughs> <laughs> I hate it's it not when a that sentence happens. I thought I would say today. Camels are the semicolons of animals. Ooh, nice. Oh, oh, oh. Um, what does that mean? <laughs> it does nothing. Matter. Matter, but it it's sounds It's great. apparently really offensive to camels. <laughs> no, semicolons are wonderful. <laughs> oh wow it's true Anthony's now <laughs> making an enemy of all the camels in the audience <laughs> no I'm saying it's a compliment to camels never mind <laughs> um, could I camels. listen to the full camel again uh, give yes I will camel. give you the full camel <laughs> Alexa right play the full camel <laughs> a device for removing the teeth of a camel alright I'm gonna go with uh, to make drunk Semicolon intoxicate. All righty. Truge. Hmm. Okay. There was a um an idle chatter one. Can I hear that one again? Yes. Idle gossip or chatter. I'm gonna go with that one. I feel like the less the least 
the more the fewer words thank you the fewer words are in the definition makes me feel like it's legit so i think that's the one i'm gonna go with okie dokie next up is anthony i am i'm torn as well but between the the trumpet and the the phonics one because i know that the trumpet muffler thing has a name but i don't know if fuzzle is it what was it can you read the the confusing phonics one again uh yes an irregularity in the phonics rules that confuses students of the english language yeah i'm gonna go with that okay next up is uh erica I'm. I can't resist a semicolon, so I'm going to go with make drunk, <laughs> intoxicate. Told you, Who can semicolons, semicolons are good. <laughs> That's not what the yep. camels say. <laughs> I don't and know if camels our make. last guesser for this round is Brian. I also want to point out that this whole list makes for a really great Friday night altogether. Um, <laughs> I can't decide between confusing phonics rules and uh, the camel remover. I am going with camel remover. <laughs> the camel tooth remover. I a word. Um, device for removing the teeth of a camel. Okay. Sounds good. A nice widespread of, of choices there. Good job, everybody. Way to make my job more difficult. No, we do what we can. You're welcome. All right. So um, why don't we start with... Uh, well, Brian just went. Let's go with uh, Brian Hamilton, who thought that a fuzzle might be a device for removing the teeth of a camel. That actually was Antony's answers. answers. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> oh, so you had a camels were interest. Good. <laughs> I was close to picking that well, one. Good for uh, Antony, anyway. Really close. Uh, Truge thought that uh, fuzzle might be idle gossip or chatter. That was actually Kathy Campbell's answer. So wow. Point to Kathy. Ooh. Thank Love you. it. Love that for me and for Kathy. <laughs> Gene went with a type of condenser mute a musician puts on the end of a trumpet for a tampon soft effect. That was Truge's answer, so a point to Truge for that. It was me, Allison Truge, the deceiver. <laughs> <laughs> Are you going to do that every time? Because I, yes. I recommend it. Without fail. Uh, let's see, who was left? Antony thought that fuzzle might be an irregularity in the phonics rules that confuses students of the English language. That was Gene's answer. So a point to Gene. Oh, well done, Gene. Thank you. So many points given out. Wow, it's crazy. Uh -oh. That leaves Kathy and Erica, both of whom thought that fuzzle is to make drunk, semicolon, intoxicate. I can't resist a semicolon either. That is the correct definition Ooh, for the word fuzzle. Yeah, I knew. So, I actually knew it. I could not remember the specifics of it. So my definition to confuse is very close to pretty that. Close, yes. Pretty close. Pretty close. Right. Is but that like old timey twenties slang for like getting drunk? I like, think it's to fuzzle. Something? I think it's like, more like you hear it more in high fantasy novels and stuff. Ah, uh, see, I was gotcha. thinking it might have come from confuzzled. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It probably is is the same it's, same yep, root, root. So that would make sense. All right. So after one round, Kathy has jumped out to a strong start. She has three points. She's in first place. She's defending that title. I I uh, I believe that I am just you know making my play at the beginning this time. Um, just so you can bouncing at the off end. of the previous game, and now it's all downhill. You do have the momentum still yes. from that last game, yes. so that makes perfect sense. Uh, in second place with two points is Erica. Whee. In third place, uh, it's a three-way tie, actually, for third with one point each. Gene, Truge, and Anthony. Wow. Brian and I have nothing. Good. 
Yeah. <laughs> Except for the love and respect of our fellow players. Well, yeah. Mm. <laughs> All right. Let's move on to round two. <laughs> round two is a listener word from listener Gwendolyn. Oh, listener oh, Gwendolyn. That was great, everybody. Let's, <laughs> let's call it a day, shall yeah. we? It's not going to get any better than that. Let's take a hot five. And the word supplied by listener Gwendolyn for round two is... Fuliguline. Fuliguline. That's F-U-L-I-G-U-L-I-N-E. Fuliguline. Please send me your definitions for the word fu. Liguline. No. Just a couple of liguline. <laughs> just just a couple. And when you're done with those, you can have mas liguline. <laughs> it's a slow burner, that one. <laughs> it really wasn't worth the wait, to be honest, but that's all right. All right. All of your definitions are in for the word fuliguline. Here they are. One, the property of having digits or fingers. Two, part of the mechanism inside a record player's needle. Three, an offensive exhalation or smell. Four, of or pertaining to sea ducks. <laughs> Five, Describes the profile of a convex solid. Oh. Six. A fishing implement used to catch cutthroat trout. Or seven. A type of ligature used when typesetting. Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> Those are your options for the word fuliguline, and our first guesser this round is Kathy Campbell. Can I have the record player one and the one that was right after that? Sure. Part of the mechanism inside a record player's needle and an offensive exhalation or smell. And what was the one right before the fishing line? Describes the profile of a convex solid. Yeah, we're going to go with that one. Okay. Truge. Okay, so I'm going to implement the same method that I use when I go to a diner and there are too many options for me to choose from. <laughs> Brian and I refer to this as panic ordering. <laughs> <laughs> and it is what happens when I'm just, I'm going to pick what's in my gut and it's going to be good. I'm going to go with sea ducks. I am uh, accepting no further questions at this time. Uh, I, I'd still have a question. Why do you have sea ducks in your gut? <laughs> Listen. <laughs> Truge went right, to a no, diner. You already said you weren't going to answer, so that's fair. I will be accepting no further questions at this fair time. Enough, fair enough. Uh, next up is Anthony. See, my default when faced with too many options is to just choose the same thing I have every time, which makes me worry now about Truge's diet. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I... I don't think it's the convex solid, but I want to congratulate whoever came up with that because that is a brilliant definition. I think it's the uh, the first one, like the property of having digits or fingers, which okay. you know, obviously may also be wrong, but I'm going to go with that. All right. Next up is Erica. 
Uh, okay, so I'm going to metagame this a little bit Ooh. and say that this is a listener word. Yes. And sometimes the listeners know about multiple things that are going on with the various incomparable hosts. And hmm. Glenn, you know, as, as Brian pointed out, Glenn's got his whole typesetting thing going on. So maybe our listener picked a specific word that relates to that in honor of Glenn. So I'm going to say ligature used when typesetting. Okay. Nice. We will Good see. Logic. All right, Brian. Similar to Truge's diner experience, my diner experience is that I am dead set on one thing when I enter the diner, which means it is all the more suspicious that I am also choosing sea ducks, even though Truge panic ordered sea ducks earlier. <laughs> this is why we're in love. And it's the only reason. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And that just leaves Gene. Um, I am going to go with um, the property of having digits, etc. Gotcha. All righty then. Well, let's start with that one then. Anthony and Gene both thought that fuliguline, fuliguline, pardon me, might be the property of having digits or fingers. That had the property of being Brian Hamilton's answer. So. Oh, well done. Wow. Wow. Guess, guess which finger Brian. I'm holding up right now. <laughs> it's the thumb. Speaking of Brian, both he and Truge thought, based no. on their diner ordering schemes, <laughs> no, that fuliguline might be, be of or pertaining to sea ducks. They ordered the right thing. It's the best item on the menu. That is the definition of fuliguline. Yeah! We love that was that. like a sound oh. effect. I may have forgotten that this was a listener word. <laughs> or a total, yeah. Kathy, while we're chatting, this. you thought that fuliguline might describe the profile of a convex solid. That description actually came from Gene. Ooh, well done, Sestra. Ooh. Ooh. Thank you, Sestra. Convex. Yeah. And that leaves Erica, who thought that fuliguline might be a type of ligature used when typesetting and might be a reference to Glenn Fleischman. I don't know whether that's true or not, but it was Truge's answer. So, lots of points Glenn, for Truge. Glenn isn't the only typesetter on the I know, that's why I didn't pick it, because I thought it was yeah. going to be Truge's, and I was going to be very sad if it was, in fact, I, the listener word. I, too, am a typesetter. Ah. <laughs> I actually didn't know that, but I used to work in a typesetting bureau as well, so. Wow. wow. You're so everywhere. Us. All right, so after round two, this is craziness. It's a tie for first place with four points each. Alison Truge and Brian Hamilton. No. Wow. Yeah. You, I, I demand a recount. <laughs> <laughs> In third place with three is Kathy. I guess she's faltering already. Yeah, oh, well. It's all right. I'm <laughs> content to be on the board. Okay. I'm on Team Kathy 2020. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in fourth place, tied for fourth uh, with two points each is Jean and Erica. In last place with one point, well, not quite last place. <laughs> In sixth place with one point is Anthony. In last place is me. But that's okay. There's a lot of game left to play. Normal here. service has been restored. Yay. Yes, it has. <laughs> the balance of the universe has redressed. I was a bit alarmed when I was got a point immediately in the first round. I was like, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, All right, so for round three, uh, why don't we do something a little different? Let's do a round of what I call your tax dollars at work. Okay. <laughs> There are a lot of government agencies in America. Many of them are dumb. 
Uh, I'm going to give you the initials of just such an agency. I want you to tell me what those initials stand for. And Anthony, yes, this is my revenge for having to answer questions about Cricketer's brothers. (laughs) (laughs) I'm so bad at these. So this is a federal agency, or rather it was until 1996, when it was finally disbanded after 99 years of faithful service. And that agency was known as... The B-T-E. It's Bravo Tango Echo B-T-E. Please tell me what B-T-E stands for now. And that's in the United States, you said? It is. Okay. It's kind of sad that it ended. It didn't go for another year. I know. You'd think they could 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 have stuck it out for one more. The big B-T-E Centennial. All right, all of the answers are in. I asked you to tell me what BTE stood for in terms of a federal agency that expired in 1996. And here's what you told me. One, Bureau of Telegraphic Efficiencies. Two, Bison Trail Executive. (laughs) Three, Board of Tea Experts. Four, Bacon Transport Exchange. (laughs) Five, Bureau of Television and Entertainment. Six, Bureau of Tourism Efforts. Or seven, Bureau of Transportation Excellence. Those are your options for BTE. And our first guesser is... Truge. Wow. Yeah. It's it's an honor to be nominated. Yes. <laughs> um, I'm going to panic order again. Okay. I'm going to go with the tourism one. The Bureau of Tourism Efforts. Is that correct? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony. Uh, so I think, I think the Telegraph one is the most sensible which is probably why it's not that. And bearing in mind this game, I'm going to go with the bacon. Okay. <laughs> wow. The bacon transport exchange for Anthony. That shows a lot of courage. Uh, next up is Erica. I am going to go with the bison trail executive simply okay. because I like the use of the word executive. It's nice, isn't it? Yep. I dig so it. So, so if this is somebody else's word, I salute you for that. Salute. Yep. All right. Brian, what's the BTE? If it was Bacon uh, Transport Exchange, I would be very sad that they missed the internet by a few years and became a <laughs> meme. Uh, I'm going to go with um, Bureau of Transportation Excellence because I truly believe that transportation has not been very excellent <laughs> in the last 20 years. Fair enough. Logic. Brian, throwing shade on transportation. <laughs> and camels. <laughs> now, if we were all riding around on camels, things would be different. <laughs> or semicolon. It would be really excellent transportation. Gene, what is BTE? I, too, am going with Bison Trail Executive. <laughs> okay. And that leaves Kathy. I am going to go with the Telegraph one. The Bureau of Telegraphic Efficiencies. Yes, that one. 
So um, let's start with Brian, who thought that the BTE might be the Bureau of Transportation Excellence. That was actually Erica's answer that she wasn't proud of. So imagine how Brian feels now. (laughs) I salute you. (laughs) Truge thought that the BTE might be the Bureau of Tourism Efforts. That was Kathy Campbell's effort. Good job, Kathy. Team Kathy 2020. (laughs) (laughs) This is like Jason and Dan all over again. (laughs) You're psychically linked. Speaking of Kathy, Uh she thought that the BTE might be the Bureau of Telegraphic Efficiencies. That was Brian's answer. So, Brian. Brian. (laughs) Erica and Jean both thought that the BTE might be the Bison Trail Executive. That was executed by Anthony Johnston. So, well done, Anthony. Wow. Anthony I salute for that you. Wow. Wait, no. Speaking of Anthony, he thought that the BTE might be the Bacon Transport Exchange, which is ridiculous. Which is why it's and wrong. That was Gene's answer. Oh, <laughs> wow. Wow. Well done, Gene. <laughs> which means none of you successfully oh, no. guessed that the BTE was, Are in fact, serious? the Board of Tea Experts. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Part of the FDA, their job was to taste every lot of imported tea and make sure it was up to snuff. Wow. Here's what I'll say. Brian and I live in Boston, so that's (laughs) not a fair question to ask us. Do they test test for which one tastes best in ocean water or something? I don't know. We we have an interesting relationship with tea in this country. I'll just say that. When the board was broken up in 1996, it cost roughly $200,000 a year for this essential service. (laughs) Oh, and by the way, importers of teas that were rejected by the board could submit a complaint to a separate agency, the Board of Tea Appeals. So (laughs) you've always got that option. As I said, I work for a government. This all checks out. (laughs) Dear Board of Tea Appeals. That's right. Sleepy time appeals to me, as does Earl Grey. (laughs) All right. So after three rounds, why look at this? We still have a tie for first place, but it's me and Brian with five points each. Wow. We were tied for zero, Uh-oh. and now we're tied for five. How far? <laughs> look how far we've come. Who'd there have thought we we'd go. make it this far? We just far? can't Not seem me. to stay, stay apart. Uh, let's see. With uh, Oh, it's a tie for third with four points each. Kathy and Truj. Yay. Wow. <laughs> and it's also a three-way tie for fifth. Gene, Anthony, and Erica all have three points. So hey, guys. <laughs> All right, let's go back to words for round four, and our word for round four is tweel. Tweel, that's T-U-I-L-L-E. Tweel. Please send me your definitions for the word tweel now. Tweel in the sky keeps on turning. (laughs) Great. I don't know where I'll be tomorrow. Great, that's going to be in my head now. Yeah, <laughs> and I hate not everything. Distracting in the least. You're welcome. All right, all of the definitions are in for round four. Your word was tweel. I will read your definitions now. One, a gauzy netting-like fabric used under skirts to make them poofier. Two. A small pastry served with tea. Three. A sheer fabric used in ballet dancers' costumes. 
4. An official document seal first used in Tudor England. 5. A part of medieval plate armor that protects the thigh. 6. A stiff fabric with an open weave. Or 7. A fine silk cloth frequently used in formal dresses. Definitely a theme running through this. <laughs> you think? <laughs> so the first to get to decide which of those wonderful de definitions is correct is Antony. Oh, joy. Um, we have four fabrics here. Mm -hmm. <laughs> what was the first one? A gauzy, netting-like fabric used under skirts to make them poofier. Oh, that's right, yeah. Um... I'm going to go with the, the, I think it was the next one, the fabric for used in ballet uh, okay. outfits. Or something. A sheer fabric used in ballet dancers' costumes. Yeah, yeah. You got it, out. dude. Next is Erica. <sighs> Boy, this is tough. Real tough. Because I feel like three of them are exactly the same definition from people who are all picturing the same thing. And I mm -hmm. don't know if it's that uh, that they were all circling around the right thing or completely off the mark. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to I'm gonna do the one of these things is not like the other, and I'm going to go with the small pastry served with tea. Okay. <laughs> As verified by the board of pastry experts. <laughs> That's why I didn't go for that one. I thought somebody's got tea on the mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up is Brian. I'm really sad none of my English tutors in high school had a fancy seal. That would have been awesome. Uh, no, <laughs> I'm going <laughs> with... Uh, <laughs> I'm fancy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going with uh, fine silk cloth used in formal dresses. You got it, dude. All right. Next up is Jean. I am going to go for the ballet dancer sheer fabric. Okay. Kathy. I'm going to go with the one with the knight. The one with the knight. <laughs> the armor. A part of medieval plate armor that protects the thigh. Yes, that one. Okay. And that leaves Truge. Um, I'm the last one, right? You are. Okay. So I think that a lot of people were giving definitions for tool, hmm. which I know is different than twill because my sister is a costumer. So... I'm going to nix all the fabric ones, and I think because of the juxtaposition between, like, formal women's evening wear and knights, I'm going to also go with the, like, armor one. Interesting. All right. Why don't we start with uh, Erica, who thought that mm -hmm. Tweel might be a small pastry served with tea. That was Truge's answer, so... Good job, Drew. Nice work. It was I, the Deceptor. <laughs> Decepticon. There she is. All right. Um, let's see. Anthony and Jean both thought that Tweel might be a sheer fabric used in ballet dancers' costumes. Yeah, that is Tool, I believe. Yep. Which is T-U-L-L-E, yes, no I. So that's, I think, where everybody got tripped up there. Um, but uh, Brian Tripped Hamilton up getting... or was it on purpose to try to catch other people out? Perhaps. True. But Brian, Brian was not tripped up because he just got two points from Anthony and Jean. So. I don't know if you know this, but my girlfriend's sister is a costumer. Oh. So <laughs> I... 
<laughs> My sister makes costumes for Broadway. Interesting. Ah, uh. uh, let's see. What's next? Oh, Brian. Speaking of Brian, he thought that twill might be a fine silk cloth frequently used in formal dresses. That was formerly Jean's answer. So. <laughs> <laughs> and that leaves Kathy. And Truge, who thought that Tweel might be a part of medieval plate armor that protects the thigh. If they're right, they each get two points. If they're wrong, I get five points. I get nothing, because Tweel is a part of medieval plate armor that protects the thigh. Nice. Good job. Yay, cool. Wow! How in the world did my thighs of steel become a joke in the same episode? <laughs> actual steel thigh! <laughs> All right, so after four rounds, Truge and Brian are at it again. They're tied for first with seven points each. Wow. Wow. Moving right along, Kathy is in third with six points. I am in fourth now with five points. How rapidly I've fallen. Uh, in fifth with four points is Gene. Anthony and Erica are tied for sixth with three points each. Hi, and so Erica. we move on to round five. The word for which is... Botrioidal. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Botrioidal. That is B O T R Y O I D A L. Botrioidal. Please send me your definitions for the word botrioidal. Now. Just to check that this isn't a listener word. It is not. It is <laughs> very important. <laughs> Because it kind of feels like it should be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, for round five, your word was botrioidal, and these are the definitions you came up with. Now you're stuck with them, so sit there while I read them and think about what you've done. <laughs> <laughs> One, of mature judgment or knowledge. Two, a particular type of inflammation observed in a diseased colon. Not a semicolon. <laughs> or a camel. Three. Shaped like a cluster of grapes. Four. The walking motion of someone with a limp. Five. Having to do with the anatomy of botflies. Six. Carved from black soapstone. Or seven, a class of edible bulbs, including garlic and onions. Those are your definitions for the word botrioidal. And our first player for this round is Erica. Joy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I am getting hungry. It seems to happen every time I do a podcast. So I'm going to go with the uh, edible bulbs like garlic and onions. Okay. Yep. That's that's my reason. There you go. All right, Brian, you're up next. What do you what would you like to order? <laughs> uh, what did hi, you yes, have your have mind the... on when you walked into this game? <laughs> uh, can I have the uh, colon inflammation, please? <laughs> oh, no. Sweetie, with, no. With, with extra Pepto Bismol. <laughs> oh no. I mean, that's really just haggis, right? Ooh, oh, oh. Mm. <laughs> I mean, technically. Uh, <laughs> I I love these definitions. I think it, these they're r really good. And um, I thought I could, you know, 
I could MacGyver that word somehow, but I can't really, so I'm going with shaped like a cluster of grapes. Okay. Uh, Kathy. I, can you read the limp one? All right, it is the walking motion of someone with a limp. Okay, I'm going to go with that one. Okay. Truge. So these are all really good definitions. They're not bad. Thank you. I think I'm going to... I'm caught between the black soapstone one and the motion of, of someone walking with a limp. I think that I'm going to go with the walking motion one. Okay. All right. <clears throat> Kathy and Truge have both gone limp. How about you, Anthony? <laughs> First of all, how dare you? Um, hmm? uh, uh, I, I'm The soapstone is so out of place, but I just feel like knowing Steve, it feels too ordinary. That's a dangerous um, game you're playing there. The other one never met a game he didn't like. The the cluster of grapes, I mean, that's just you know, brings to mind such an image <laughs> <laughs> that I at first thought, well it's gotta be that, because again, Steve. Uh but now I'm I'm not so sure. Uh, I'm gonna go with the soapstone just to get a spread as much as anything. We're in danger of letting Steve run away with this. Okay. Then, well, that's it. All right. Good job, everybody. We did it. Woo! Hooray! Yeah, we can go home now, right? <laughs> You're not home. You can never go no, home. First, first, we have to go into Brian's diseased colon. and Because uh, <laughs> oh. that was, in fact, the answer he picked, a particular type of inflammation observed in a diseased colon. Please just put me under first. <laughs> <laughs> Which was Gene's answer. So there you go. Point to Gene. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I just <laughs> <laughs> feels I mean, bad but... about getting it. <laughs> Let's go to uh, Anthony, who thought that botryoidal might be carved from black soapstone. That was actually Erica's answer. So good job, Erica. Mm. Woo. Hey. Speaking of Erica, she thought that botryoidal might be a class of edible bulbs, including garlic and onions. That particular dish was whipped up by Brian, so mm. there you go. Mm. Delicious. Uh, let's see. Gene thought that botryoidal might be shaped like a cluster of grapes. Anthony briefly thought that that might have been the correct answer, but veered off to soapstone and uh, turned out to have been a bad move because that is the definition of botryoidal. Oh, I should have gone with my gut. Ooh. That Anthony. leaves Kathy and Truge, both of whom thought that botryoidal might be the walking motion of someone with a limp. That was Anthony's answer. So, Wow. <laughs> Nicely done, Anthony. So after, uh, what are we at? Round five? Wow. After five rounds, Uh-oh. Brian's in the lead with eight points all by himself. Although Yay! hot wow. on his heels are Gene and Truge. They're tied for second with seven points each. Mm. Kathy's in fourth with six. Uh, Anthony and I are tied for fifth with five points. Uh, Erica is bringing up the rear with four, but it's anybody's game at this point. There's only a four-point spread. And that brings us to the crazy round. (laughs) That's right. It's round six. Anything could happen, people. And this time out, our crazy round is 
Also, a listener word. Wow, how Whoa. crazy. Wow, a listener word. I mean, Crazier really still, this was happen. submitted by two listeners, listener William and listener John, so you Ooh. know it's good. Ooh. And that word submitted by listeners William and or John is... Pood. <laughs> oh! <laughs> wow. Pood. P-O-O-D, pood. No way. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Please, why won't you send me a definition for the word pood? Now. No. Yes. <laughs> Is there something specially crazy about this round? <laughs> it, it's the crazy round. Okay. All right, all of the definitions are in for your word for round six, which was pood. <laughs> <laughs> Here are the definitions you provided for that lovely listener word. One, a gouache painting from the Renaissance period. Two, the bud of a flower from the lily family. Three, a short tail. T-A-I-L or T-A-L-E? T-A-I-L. Oh, great. Thank you. Gene, that may sound familiar to you. <laughs> Four, to commit theft, semicolon, to steal. Five, the flap of skin connecting the tongue to the base of the mouth. Six, a Russian unit of weight equal to 40 foonts. <laughs> Four, Could you spell the last foont? word for me? F-U-N-T-S. Okay. Or seven, the electrical current that runs through a microchip. One of those is pood. Pood. And the first to get to decide is Brian. I have decided that it is the tongue flap. Okay. I hated hearing that. <laughs> you want to do it again? I can do it again. Okay, from the top. <clears throat> it is the tongue flap. I hated that. <laughs> Gene, save us from this. I don't know if I can. <laughs> uh, I mean, my, my superpowers just have their limits. I am going to go with Russian unit of weight. Okay. Uh, next up is Kathy. So many great answers, um, but I would also like to travel to Russia. Really? Yes. Okay. Uh, Truj? I, too, will go with the Russian unit of weight. Okay. And if it's not the correct answer, really kudos to the person that wrote it, because it was highly specific. Kudos, please. <laughs> uh, next up is Anthony. Yeah, also kudos to whoever came up with it. But I, again, in the favor of going with the spread, I'm not going to pick it. I'm going to go with the theft because that is so incongruous that either it's brilliant or it's right. Mm, <laughs> Can't well, be we'll both. We'll find out soon. Uh, and Erica. Uh, I'm going to. OK, so so I think there are a lot of good answers. And then there's one that just doesn't seem like to me that it works at all. So I'm going to pick that one. <laughs> I'm going to say electrical current running through a microchip because it sounds so wrong and the rest of them sound like they could be right. All right. Why don't we start with that then? Erica thought that pood might be the electrical current that runs through a microchip. 
That actually was Brian's answer. Hey. How dare you insult my answer so much? So wrong? And Erica, <laughs> I'm offended. And yet, you get a point again. <laughs> I totally buy that. Uh, Brian, meanwhile, thought that pood might be the flap of skin connecting the tongue to the base of the mouth. That actually was Antony's answer, so... Ooh, very flop, good, Antony. So I believe that's the frenulum, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. But. Yeah. Yeah. It might also be the pood. I mean, there are two words for some things, right? Uh-huh. Sure. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of Antony, he thought that pood might be to commit theft, semicolon, to steal. And so Kathy steals a point. Hey, well Yikes. done, Kathy. And that leaves... Gene, Kathy, and Truge, all of whom thought that a pood might be a Russian unit of weight equal to 40 foots. 40 foots it is. Yeah. Wow. Is. Oh, Should have gone my instincts. Uh, I was so, like, at that moment when you read that, I'm like, of course that is what it is. <laughs> I only studied this language for decades, but you don't expect the word pood to just pop up in the... Uh, Normal English conversation. Well, you, but... you certainly hope it doesn't. Right. <laughs> By the way, in case you were wondering, a Zolotnik is one ninety-sixth of a foot. So oh, thank goodness. Huh? For yeah. all of your conversion How much math. of a pood is it, though? <laughs> <laughs> all right. So after that crazy round, we have, oh, this is unprecedented. We have a four-way tie for first with nine points each. <gasps> wow. Wow. That's, why That's only nine round. points. <laughs> That's Gene, Kathy, Truge, and Brian. Wow. Uh, Anthony's in fifth with six. I am in sixth with five. Erica's in seventh with four. So there you go. All right. Well, let's do something a little different for round seven. We haven't done this in a while. Let's do a round of what I call parting shots, <laughs> in which I'm going to give you the name of a famous X person. And I want you to send me that person's last words. (laughs) And this famous ex-person for this round is going to be French philosopher, writer, playwright, existentialist, and all-around intellectual dude, Jean-Paul Sartre, perhaps best known as the author of Being and Nothingness. Why don't you please send me the last words of Mr. Jean-Paul Sartre. And now... I'm guessing that it'll be the translation from yeah, I was gonna French. Say. Or do you want a French <laughs> oh, one? No. You want the French. Je m'appelle de ça. Mais, if you want to with a French phrase, <laughs> I will read it verbatim and we'll see how that all goes. <laughs> Je ne suis le poudre. No, I, <laughs> I would much prefer that you translate to English. <laughs> all right. All of the final words are in for... French dude Jean-Paul Sartre. I will read them now. One of them is supposedly true. I wasn't there at his deathbed, as far as you know. Mm-hmm. So I will read them now. One. I think I may have been wrong. <laughs> oh, no. Two. <laughs> I love you very much, my dear beaver. <laughs> Three, and so it goes. Four, be good to one another. Five, Beckett was right. There is nothing to be done. Six, 
Hell is other people, but eternity is solitude. And seven, my head hurts. (laughs) (laughs) One of those is the real phrase that is attributed to Jean-Paul Sartre on his deathbed. And our first guesser is Jean. Oh, I'm back at the... You're back. That's right. (laughs) Well, crap. You're turning the barrel. Um, I'm going with so it goes. And so it goes. And there he went. (laughs) All right, Kathy, you're up next. All right, I think um, I'm going to go with the... uh, I think I may have been wrong. Okay. All right, next up is Truge. Um, I'm going to go with my head hurts because I feel like in my heart, that's the one that I want to be right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Anthony, you're up. I, I'm really tempted to go with my head hurts as well, but what was the Beckett one again? Beckett was right. There is nothing to be done. <sighs> what the hell? I'm For once, I'm going to go with my gut and say that one. All righty then. Uh, Erica. I'm going to go with my head hurts because I also just want that to be that one. I want that to be the one. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> and that leaves Brian. I'm going with, uh, I think I may have been wrong because I believe death is not the time for pride. Wow. That's deep, Brian. Wow. <laughs> my last words will be death is not the time for pride. <laughs> and it will be around on low definition 578. <laughs> wow. All right. Well, all of the answers are in. So let's see how that went. Um, let's start with Jean, who thought that Jean-Paul Sartre might have left this world saying, and so it goes. And so one point goes to Erica. Nice. Wow. And so I mean, it is. Part of it was, I'm like, well, whatever it was, it was in French. And it probably sounds better the way he said it. But he didn't say <laughs> it's it. It's true. So whatever. <laughs> whatever will be, will be. Uh, Anthony thought that Jean-Paul might have said Beckett was right. There is nothing to be done. Nope, Brian Hamilton said that. Yeah, well done, Brian. Wow. You, can hear my, uh, you can hear my podcast about Waiting for Godot on Sophomore Lit. <laughs> <laughs> Very nice. Uh, speaking of Brian, he and Kathy thought that Jean-Paul might have said, I think I may have been wrong. Nope. You were wrong, and that was Anthony's answer. So, wow, you can have that point right back, sir. And that is the second time today I've said Anthony's answer. Just you know, (laughs) tease and whatnot. I almost put that exact same thing as my answer. So I was like, I'm not picking that. He was such an egotist that, like, it it would, yeah, you know, I felt it fit. Yeah, yep. (laughs) And that leaves Truge and Erica, both of whom hoped that his final words were, "My head hurts." Yep. Those actually were the words of Kathy, so two uh, points. Oh. <laughs> so true, I like either way. Oh God, was it go be- was it the beaver? And what it's that true. means is that none of you correctly guessed that Jean Paul Sartre's final words were <gasps> I love you very much, my it dear was. beaver. Oh, oh, wow. was, oh, oh Gene even laid the groundwork for you right up front and nobody did it. Cynicism oh. doesn't pay. <laughs> Absolutely correct. According to Sartre Life by Ronald Heyman. That was said to his partner, Simone de Beauvoir, on his, on his deathbed. So. 
See, and that was the one I had written down and then crossed off when Jean was talking. So did I. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Dig it, Jean. Fun, fun, fun. (laughs) All right. Did we just give um, Steve the game there? No, you didn't give me the game. You just gave me some points. Right now, the person who has the game is Kathy, who's in the lead with 11 points. Whoa! (laughs) She's back. (laughs) Brian and I are tied for second with 10 points each. Hi, Steve. Gene and Truge are tied for fourth with nine points each. Anthony has eight points in sixth place. And uh, Erica's got five. She's in seventh. Well, so I will say, go. I think this is the most points I've ever scored in low def. So hey, <laughs> good good I think me too. <laughs> and if I don't score again, I'm quite happy. It's rare that the points are as spread out as they are this game. It's very interesting. Usually we have some people lingering in the back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Not today. All right. So let's move on to round eight. And our word for round eight is... Kaiudel, not Caillou, Kaiudel, <laughs> and that is spelled K-I-Y-O-O-D-L-E. Kaiudel. <laughs> the sound of it still makes me. Yippee Kaiudel, mother. <laughs> <laughs> so please send me your definitions for the word Kaiudel now. And I have to admit, I didn't even realize the Caillou connection until I said it. <laughs> said it now. out loud. <laughs> the hair on the back of my neck stood up. <laughs> I'm just a kid who's four. Each day I learn Do you more. learn any more each day? He does. Okay, good. Yeah. But not how to grow hair. <laughs> All of the definitions are in for our round eight word, Caillou-tle. Caillou-tle. Stop saying it. <laughs> Please Doesn't keep saying it. Doesn't matter how many it. times you say it, it's not going to make sense. <laughs> All in favor, say aye. I think Eric is using this recording as my alarm. <laughs> I will read you the definitions now. Uh, here they go. One. An aphrodisiac made from boiled moose genitals. <laughs> wow. <laughs> nope. Two. The Pacific Northwest Laluska technique for double stitching leather boots. Three, a mangy dog, semicolon, mongrel. Four, to swindle a merchant. Five, sticky to the touch. Six, a fur lined loafer. Or seven, made out of hard, pressure-treated oak. One of those is the real definition for the word kaiutl. And the first to get to decide which one it is, is Kathy. Hey, Kathy. Hi. How you doing? Uh, I would like to swindle a merchant, please. Would you? <laughs> that doesn't sound very nice. <laughs> Certainly not the best idea to announce that. Or... <laughs> oh, see, I'm just so honest and truthful. I can't ever yes, she know only... how to do this game. Yes, she only does the most honest swindling. Yes. Uh, Truge. Okay, so everything in my heart is telling me that the aphrodisiac of mo- <laughs> boiled moose genitals cannot be it, but I feel like... This is how I want to end when this When you're game. at a diner and boiled moose genitals are on the menu, what do you do? <laughs> Listen, I would never order that, but that is what I'm about to pick right now. Mm, Rocky Mountain oysters. 
Allison picks moose genitals. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, Anthony. Cayudle. I Several footwear definitions here. Bizarrely. Um, but I'm, uh, go, I'm going to go with my gut and join Kathy on the swindling train. Woohoo! Ooh, the, there's a whole train for you people? It really helps swindle. <laughs> for a bit of cayudling. <laughs> oh, that sounds naughty. Well, swindling a merchant is pretty naughty. It is naughty, you're right. <laughs> while, we're, while we're chatting, Erica, what would you like for the word cayudle? I think I'm going to go with the hard pressure treated oak. Okay. Yeah, I, I don't have a good reason for it. I just don't like any of the other definitions. <laughs> it's good enough reason for me. Brian. I'm going to go with the Pacific Northwest technique for double stitching leather, leather boots. Okay. You got it. Next up is Jean. I am going with a fur-lined loafer because I'm in the shoe mood as well. <laughs> I'm in the shoe mood. There we go. All right. Well, let's see what happened there. Uh, let us start with Brian, who thought that Cayudal might be the Pacific Northwest Ludluska technique for double-stitching leather boots. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. Jean really was in the shoe mood because that was her answer. <laughs> <gasps> wow. Jean was in the shoe she mood. She was in the shoe Very mood. specific definition. I was about to pick that one. I was pretty concerned about picking something in the Pacific Nor- Northwest because we have both uh, mm-hmm. uh, Kathy and Jean in the Pacific Northwest. But turns out that was Jean. Turns out. <laughs> no, that's, that's a different game. And it turns out that Jean, <laughs> who thought that Cayudal was a fur-lined loafer, picked Brian's answer. We're <laughs> <laughs> in the shoe oh, mood. Shoe buddies. Beautiful <laughs> symmetry. Erica, meanwhile, thought that Cayudal was made out of hard pressure treated oak. That definition was made by Truge. It was I. It was a deception. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> there she is. <laughs> Kathy and Anthony both thought that Cayudal was to swindle a merchant. Uh oh. Erica swindled the both of you oh, to the tune yeah. of two points. Well done, Erica. Well done. And that leaves Truge, who thought that Cayudal might be an aphrodisiac made from oh, boiled no. moose genitals. But that was Anthony's answer. So two points <laughs> oh, yes! You just did it again. I did it again. <laughs> so that means that none of you correctly oh, no. determined oh, no. the correct definition for a Cayudal, which is a mangy dog, semicolon, oh. mongrel. I thought it was too much like a poodle. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Dang it. (sighs) Well, there you go. So that puts me after round eight in first place with 15 points. One more slip up, people. (laughs) And this whole I'm turning this whole game around and we're not going to Disneyland. (laughs) (laughs) Tied for second place with eleven points each. Kathy and Brian tied for fourth. Okay, so we have real First place. Tied for fourth place with 10 <laughs> points each. Gene and Truge. Yay! In yay. sixth with nine points. Anthony in seventh with seven points. Erica. So uh, let's move on to round nine. And uh, for round nine, let's do a little something I call Goo Complete Me. Oh. Woo! Oh. Yeah. We kind of have to do this every game because I love it so. Uh, as usual, I went to Google and typed in some words. I want you guys to tell me Google's top autocomplete suggestion for the words that I typed. And uh, our search term today was actually suggested by listener Jill. 
listener, Jill. Listener Jill. Yay. Yeah. Who asks, <clears throat> why does Steve... Why does Steve... <laughs> oh, that's... <laughs> why does Steve... And after this, we'll do why does Jill. It's only fair. <laughs> nope. very... So I typed in why does Steve... Google autocomplete suggested some things. I want you to give me the top suggestion for why does Steve now. And this will even be an exciting surprise to listener Jill because I'm certain it has changed since the time that she suggested this, which might have been like three years ago. (laughs) All right. All of the autocomplete suggestions are in for the search term. Why does Steve I will read them now. One, why does Steve keep calling me? Two, why does Steve like oranges? Three, why does Steve leave Blue's Clues? Four, why does Steve want to retire from pro wrestling? Specific. (laughs) Five. Why does Steve like to fight? Six. Why does Steve hate me? (laughs) And seven. Why does Steve do that? (laughs) One of those is, in fact, what Google suggested when I typed why does Steve into their handy dandy search engine. And no, that was not a hint. And let's see. First to get to decide which one it was is Truge. I'm going to go with the one that tickles me the most, which is why does Steve, why does Steve like to fight? <laughs> <laughs> because he wants to retire from pro wrestling. <laughs> it feels really existential and it feels good to me. All right. Fair enough. Anthony. Uh, what was the one about hating again? Why does Steve hate me? <laughs> oh, hate me, right. Uh, I'm torn between that and the oranges. <laughs> uh, hate and oranges. <laughs> There's your title. A dilemma as old as time itself. <laughs> I'm going to go with the oranges. What the hell? All right. Anthony's going with the oranges. Next up is Erica. Um, hmm. I'm going to go with the Blue's Clues one. I haven't thought about Blue's Clues in a really long time. All right. <laughs> yep. You just thought about Blue's Clues. You just thought about <laughs> Blue's, Blue's Clues. Clues. You just thought about Blue's Clues. Because you're really because you're smart. really smart. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Brian. I'm going with, why does Steve do that? Why does Brian want to know? <laughs> Why does Steve keep keeping things from me? <laughs> Why don't we move on to Gene McDonald? I think I I kind of want to go with Blue's Clues, too. That. Okay. Welcome. Um, sounded logical to me. Very good. That leaves only Kathy. Steve, why do you hate me? <laughs> <laughs> But what are you picking, Kathy? <laughs> I want to know why. It's, it's just the game, Kathy. You, you have to pick Google. an answer at this point. 
Okay. <laughs> That's just how it works. I don't make the rules. The Canadians make the rules. <laughs> My hands are tied here. All right. Well, that was uh, interesting. Let's see how it all played out. Let's start with Anthony, who thought that people were Googling for why does Steve like oranges? That was uh, Erica's answer, so point to Erica <laughs> yep. for that. Nice one, Erica. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, let's see. Erica and Jean both thought that why does Steve leave Blue's Clues was the correct answer. That was actually Brian's suggestion. Oh, Good nice. job, Good Brian. Good one, Brian. Here's the mail. It never fails. <laughs> that one seemed highly likely, so it was a good answer. Nice job. I also worded that like a kid wrote it, like, why does Steve leave Blue's Clues? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well played. Brian did love Blue's Clues. Yes. You're not supposed to tell him how old I am. Gosh. <laughs> Whatever. I'm I'm in my 40s, and I liked Blue's Clues. So there. I love good. Blue's Clues. And I have no children. on the other hand, not so good. No. Uh, Brian thought that, why does Steve do that? Might be <laughs> the very vague but also very awesome search term that a lot of people are typing into Google. That was actually Anthony's search term. So, <laughs> Kathy thought, why does Steve hate me? Might be something people were typing. Which, you know, I don't hate anybody. I don't know where that comes from. Except that I know it came from Allison Truge. Because oh, that true. was her answer. <gasps> It was I. <laughs> the deceptor. Deceptor. Speaking of the deceptor, she thought that the most typed search term was why does Steve like to fight? I will fight you because you got the right answer. Oh. Oh. Stop it. Oh. No way. Which Steve is that supposed to be? Uh, I'm thinking it's from Steve the Outsiders. Oh. 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 Wow. I just picked the one that I thought was funniest. <laughs> Stay gold, Pony Truth. Which is weird because I wouldn't think a whole lot of Essie Hinton searching was going on in this day and age, but I could be wrong. <laughs> wow. By the way, other suggestions that Google came up with for why does Steve? Why does Steve Johnson wear an eye patch? Hmm. Wow. <laughs> why does Steve propose to CJ twice? <laughs> why does Steve have a felony? I don't want to comment on that one. <laughs> Why does Steve Jobs capitalize life? Oh, my God. No idea. And finally, why does Steve Buscemi look like that? Which, come on, people. (laughs) He's a beautiful soul. Why is he so beautiful? All right. So after nine rounds, I'm still in the lead with 15 points. But coming up close behind me. Truge and Brian, they each have 13 wow. points. I'm wow. hoping you wow. can pass me by this next round. We'll see how it goes. That would be an awful way to win. Uh, in fourth place with 11 points is Kathy. Tied for fifth with 10 points each, Gene and Anthony. And in seventh place with eight points, still a respectable score, Erica Ensign. <laughs> I'm very good score. I am creeping along. All right. So the next round is round 10, and we are fast running out of time. So this will be our final round which means potentially I could win by default if nobody passes me here, which is a real ugly state of affairs. So go, guys, go, pass me. Or don't. I don't care. So our word for round 10, our final round, is this. Begretten. Begretten. That's B-E-G-R-U. 
T-T-E-N. Begretten. Hmm. Please send me your definitions for the word. Begretten. Now. Do you realize that if you do win this by default, that means that over 10 rounds, nobody even scored more than an average of 1.5 points. <laughs> yeah. That's a pretty terrible state of affairs. <laughs> well, that's what the spread does Yeah, to the spread. <laughs> yeah. All right, all of the definitions are in for our final round 10 word, which is begretten. I will read them now. One, a mixture of butter, flour, and sugar used to top a traditional German cheese tort. Two, romantically melancholy. Three, to envy someone. Four, to enjoy a party despite being sober. Five, covered in dirt. Six, having eaten too much meat. Or seven, having a swollen face from crying. One of those is the real definition of the word begretten. And the first to be guessing <laughs> is Anthony. I'm going to go with the, the butter mixture. Okay. It sounds too obvious, and that's why I'm going to go for it. <laughs> it's all yours, sir. Erica. It, it is all his, because that's the only one that I didn't like. So I'm left with all <laughs> the rest of them. Hmm. Be grutting. I am going to say it is, I'm going to a Doctor Who convention this week and I'm not going to drink very much. So I'm going to go with enjoy a party despite being sober because that's what I'm going to have to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. I may need it. <laughs> Next up is Brian. Uh, I am picking covered in dirt. Covered in dirt. Delicious. <laughs> All right. Uh, next up is Jean. I'm going to go with swollen face from crying. All right, Kathy. Okay, on the one hand, <laughs> I want to go with covered in dirt, but I like eating too much meat, but I don't want to spread. So I'm trying to, uh, you know what? Okay, uh, eating too much meat. <laughs> okay. Just go with your heart. If your heart wants <laughs> yeah. the meat. <laughs> My heart wants the meat. <laughs> Then go to Arby's, because they have the meats. There you go. All right, and that leaves Truge. So I am torn between having eaten too much meat mm -hmm. and having a swollen face from crying. Sure. Because those are both words that describe me. Um, <laughs> are you crying because you've eaten too much meat? <laughs> yes. Every moment of every day. Fair warning. Um, she may be deceiving you. Me. <laughs> so... Kathy voted for having eaten too much meat. She did. And I, f I feel as though, again, I need to vote separate from Kathy because I've been voting with her most of this game. So I am going to go with having a swollen face from crying. All right. <laughs> Good times. Welcome to my team. <laughs> Thank you. Team Happy team. to be here. All righty. Let's see how that all played out. 
Uh, let's start with Anthony, who went with a mixture of butter, flour, and sugar used to top a traditional German cheese tort. That topped Jean's score because that was Yay, her answer. Well done, Jean. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Erica thought that Begrutten might be to enjoy a party despite being sober. Anthony enjoys that because that was his answer. <laughs> Brian went with covered in dirt. Which gave a point to Erica because that was her answer. Oh. Kathy, meanwhile, went with having eaten too much meat. That was Brian's answer, so one uh, point to Brian. Oh, here we go. And that leaves that makes so much sense. Gene and Truge, both of whom thought that Begrutten might be having a swollen face from crying. If they are wrong, I win outright with twenty points. If they're right, Truge and I share the honors of the win at 15 points each. And they are right. Truge and I both <gasps> win. Wow! Well done. Oh, my God. Because Begrutten is having a swollen face from crying. I for sure wow. thought that was Truge's answer because her brand is crying. <laughs> my brand is crying and crying. It was on my I list. Felt it yeah, yeah, man. It's true. I needed to vote it. <laughs> so after 10 triumphant rounds of low definition, Truge and I lead with 15 points and win the wow. game. Uh, in third place with 14 was Brian Hamilton. He, uh, he took third. Good job, Brian. If Truge had voted for eating too much meat, that would have been Steve you in the winner's circle. The win. You guys have to work that out amongst yourselves, though. I'm not yeah. getting involved. Wow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Gene ended up with in, in fourth with 13 points. Good job, Gene. Uh, Kathy and Anthony share fifth place honors with 11 points each. Erica ends up in seventh with nine points, which is not at all an unrespectable score. That's actually, uh, you know, good job, really everybody. Good I'm, I'm really, good, really yeah. okay with it, yeah. <laughs> nice work, everyone. Good job, good job, good job. But especially a good job to Truge and me. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, All right. Oh, wow. So that does it for another episode of Low Definition. Many thanks to my players, Gene McDonald, Kathy Campbell, Allison Truge, Anthony Johnston, Erica Ensign, and Brian Hamilton. If you run across a wacky word or come up with a round idea, why not drop us a line at lowdefgs at gmail.com. The GS stands for gyrate seductively. Oh, oh. yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, boy. If you really want to follow another Twitter account, but don't want to have to deal with more of those pesky tweets, our handle on Twitter is <laughs> at lowdefgs. We don't say much. And hey, <laughs> feel free to drop us a review on iTunes so the world will know how great we are and what a refined and discerning podcast listener you are. Thanks, everybody, for listening. I've been your host, Steve Lutz. Until next time, go fuzzle yourself. Good night, everybody. (laughs)